What's up, hockey fans? Dev here to tell you about the greatest way to gamble in the state of Minnesota, and that is betteredge.com. That's B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com. Right now, you can get $5 for free to bet on your favorite teams just by signing up using the promo code 10K. Yeah, and you guys can bet on a variety of sports, professional golf if you want to. I mean, the, the sky's the limit with it. You can bet with your friends. You can join competitions. And you can take our money, too. Just look out for our uh, orders when we put them out for certain games and take them up and win some money because we're dipshits. So you could for sure win some money off of us. On this week's episode of the Wild Takes Podcast, we are joined by the one and only Kevin Falness for the Wild Radio Network. We talk about the Wild season so far, how this team compares to some of the other ones, whether or not Mike Yo was a robot, and how Falness is seemingly interested in throwing hands with everybody that's involved in the Wild media space. It's a great time. You're definitely going to want to check the whole thing out. We're super happy that uh, he was able to join us. So with all that said, let's start the podcast, baby. Let's go. You're listening to the Wild Takes Podcast, presented by 10,000 Takes. Welcome to the Wild Takes Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Dev. With me, as always, is my surreptitiously attractive co-host, Zooch, in his new home. And yes. joining us for the entirety of this episode is the one, the only, the A1 since day one, whose voice you've heard on the radio A airwaves since the first day of the Minnesota Wild organization. Please put a very special welcome on to the one and only Kevin Falness. Zooch, Falness, gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? I'm, I'm doing good. New house. We, uh, we're getting some stuff situated, so, you know, doesn't feel quite like a home yet, but it will soon. I'm doing good. How are you doing, Kevin? I think I'm doing all right as well. We recently moved, and in fact, over the summer, so I, I feel the pain. I know what you're going through, and... Uh, we've been in our house since I think July and we're still working on moving stuff out of boxes, painting and doing garbage like that. So, uh, as much as you think you're moved in, you've only scratched the surface young man. Yep. We did the same thing in March and we're doing, we're right in the same boat. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it just, it just, every day you look, you're like, damn, I gotta do that now. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Now I gotta do this. Okay. Oh, this is wrong. Okay. We'll fix this. Oh, the water's not hot enough for uh, my girlfriend out there. So I go down, I turn it up. And then I, I didn't tell her I turned it up. I just, you know, assumed she would have known. You asked me to do it. I went and did it. No, she came home and turned it up even higher. So oh, I go no. to get in the shower and it burns me to my core. I felt like I was getting into a shower in the depths of hell. But <laughs> I mean, and other than that, I mean, it's been pretty smooth so far. So let's, let's just hope. Our issue, going. our issue is we actually paid a guy to paint our house. And so we've been dealing with that. And, which is fine, just because my wife doesn't trust me to paint. She's afraid I'm going <laughs> to screw up the ceiling and I don't, whatever. That's so fair. That, 
that's fine. I don't blame her. And, and, and I get that too. It's, it's a, I don't like paying someone to do something I can do, but that's fine. I don't do it well enough. But the problem is this thing has gone on for months now because we've had illnesses in our house and, and the guy's schedule and, this thing has dragged on and on. I've yet to hang anything on our walls because we're <laughs> trying to get it painted. And it's never going to happen before the first of the year. So it's just something that has dragged on forever. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not going to happen. Um, you you mentioned illness, which is one of the things I actually wanted to touch on with you. I know uh, unbeknownst to me and presumably most people who have been listening to the Wild Radio broadcast the last couple of weeks, you've actually been broadcasting from your home after uh, after a little bout with COVID, eh? Yeah, the magic of technology. I got whacked with it, uh, I, I guess, a week ago Saturday. I was actually doing the game, and, and I started to lose my voice, and that was my first sign. But but I'd been – not to – oh, what was me. I had a long, busy week, not just Wild-related, but some of the other stuff that I do. And I just thought it was starting to catch up to me. We were doing one of those late games where they're on the West Coast, and, and I just thought that the, the time that I had put in started to catch up to me. My wife was out of town. I had my three boys at home by myself over the, the course of the three days she was out of town. And I just thought one thing started to pile up on on another. She got back from out of town on Sunday, flew in. She said, I can tell you don't feel well. I'm going to take a COVID. I'm going to give you a COVID test. I, said, I don't need a COVID test. Yeah. I've got a little cold. I think I'm going to be okay. And it's just something that happens to me annually. I lose my voice. I go through, you know, the, all that stuff. So she gives me the test, and I'm positive. And not only that, but two of my boys are positive. She's negative. The one that's already had it, he was negative as well. But So that's set in a series of events where once you test positive, you, you don't have a choice. At least 10 days, you got to quarantine. So that's where I was at. And I, luckily, thanks to technology, I had the ability to, to broadcast from home. I had never tried it. I've I'd done it from bars before. I've done it from Tom Reed's Hockey City Pub. I've done it from some other places around the metro. I've right. never done it from my house. Uh, and it worked, and it sounds great. I went back and I checked the air check. I can tell that I'm not in studio because the quality is a little different. But I sure. think for the average listener out there listening on their radio dial, I don't think they have any idea. So, yeah, that's that's my secret. Over the course of the last week, maybe three, four broadcasts, I've done them from uh, the basement of my house in St. Louis Park. <laughs> hey, I mean, it's cool that uh, Casa Casa de Fallness is is the the new spot too. Well, let me tell you this: it's nice to know I have that in my back pocket because you know I do have three boys. Two of them are in hockey, and two of them are in traveling hockey. And I know we've got a couple of uh, tournaments up in Walker. We've got one up in uh, Breezy Point, and to be able to do Beyond the Pond for K Fan on a Saturday morning, or to host a broadcast, uh, and I know we'll have some wild broadcasts those that night to be able to do it from Walker, to, to have that in my back pocket and to now know that I can take this on the road. Uh, that's a nice little, uh, you know, knife in the, in the switchblade to be able to use when needed. Yeah. no, yeah, kidding. You can't miss the breezy point tournament. I remember growing up, that was just a really fun tournament to go. Yeah. To. Yeah. You Hearing know, that name, that, that's an awesome tournament. My kids are that age, especially the 11 year old where he's really into it. So that, that's yep. fun. And, and that's the other part about, doing the broadcast from home to be able to eat dinner with my family and then do the broadcast. And, and actually, you know, all I'm doing is the intermission and the pregame and the postgame to be able to watch the game with my boys, especially my 11 year old. I've never been able to do that. Not even a home game. I don't go sit in the stands. I'm actually working the broadcast. So to be able to do that, that's the silver lining of this cloud of COVID crap to be able to sit and watch the game with my boys. Uh, it was kind of neat. So yeah, that, that's the silver lining at least. 
for sure. So um, now that you have had a chance to experience what everybody else has had, where they're sitting at, at home and watching it on TV, um, you're pre- you're pretty well known for your mute TV. Uh, I don't want to call it a bit because it's it's more of a lifestyle, but um, it's little of both. <laughs> have you uh, have you figured out the the exact like seconds that you need to do to line up the the radio broadcast with the TV? Well, here's the deal. Because I am listening in real time, I've got a listen line into the studio because I got to know when oh, I go to break, you. if I'm going to do a scoreboard or whatever. And I mean, it's it's real. That delay is yeah. roughly 90 seconds. When I'm watching on, I'm, I'm watching through Hulu and I've got an app so I can watch it. Here's a, another little thing. I, I don't have Bally's on my home TV. So I, I, I've actually, I've got it through the NHL. I can watch it via uh, an app. I can pick up any NHL game, including the wild broadcast. And that delay was roughly, I want to say 90 seconds long. So I wasn't syncing up the TV. I would listen to (laughs) Joe and Tom call the game. And then I'd be able to watch the replay a minute and a half later and then go and make my notes for, you know, the intermission, the post game. So I know what you people are going through, no doubt about it. But I will tell you this, watching on, on my NHL app and and listening on Alexa, it was pretty darn close the, the couple of times I tried it. Yeah. I do I do have to give props to uh Joe. Is it Joe O'Donnell? Joe O'Donnell. 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 Yep. Uh he wow, he, he blew me away. I li- I had to listen to both games this weekend cuz I was at work and he does a hell of a job. He's, he really does. He does a really good job. Especially you know stepping what? in for for uh yeah, yeah, for Bob after all these years. Yeah. yeah. He uh, you know what? He's filled him. Without a doubt. He uh, is not fresh off the turn of truck. He might be new to some of the fans in this area, in, in what we call the state of hockey, but he's not new to the organization and he's not new to calling pro hockey. He's, yeah. been, he's with, been with Iowa for like six years, right? He's yep. been with the organization since 2014. Is that six years? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, but he, he years, moved. Yeah. Actually, I think it's even longer than that. I, I, I think I have those dates wrong because he was with – Houston before they moved to Des Moines. Yes. And then he became, uh, you know, the the main fixture there with the Iowa wild and now gets a chance to to move up to the big boys and he hasn't missed a beat. He's been great to work with. He gets along great with Tom and you know, whether it's Joe, whether it's Bob, both of them are seamless. So it's been fun. That was a good listen. I mean, it just how he calls his goals, the opponent's goals. It's just like, and they score. I was like, yeah. oh, damn it. You kind yeah. of feel it coming, but then yeah. it just, you know for a fact, oh, there's a goal. Okay. Yeah. You kind of hear it in his voice. That's what I like. You always know what's kind of going on. And yep. you, you you, always love to with, uh, with uh, you know, with like the your team broadcast rather than like a national one. You'd like the fact that the broadcast is a homer. Yeah. You know? Yep. Like, um. Like I can always like if I'm watching the game, but like yeah, yesterday I, I was watching the uh, the lightning come back while I'm hanging hanging up like Christmas tree stuff because my wife wanted to you know make sure that the the house is festive in time for uh, you know my parents and stuff to come for Thanksgiving, and so we're doing that. And then now I can like every time I hear like the excitement in the voice start to pick up, I can just like turn back, watch the TV, mm-hmm. and be like, oh, terrific. Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, it, it, in my time working with the Wild, I've I've made an art of listening to the inflection of, of uh, certainly Bob's voice. And I'm catching yeah. on with, with Joe as well, where I could be doing something else in studio, hear that, and then know that I can look. And especially with the, with a little bit of a delay, even when I'm in studio in St. Paul, it, uh, it, it's something you get used to. But as far as the Homer thing, I mean, 
I don't know how you guys feel. I don't know how most people feel about PA, for example. But listening to a Vikings broadcast, I dig that. I really do. I want that hometown feel. I don't need vanilla. I don't need bland. I want you to feel – I want to feel like you're invested in that team, like you're invested in the wins and losses. I get that with PA. I certainly get that with Joe. I get that to a little degree with uh, Bob. I think he's a little – apoplectic he, not that he doesn't care but no yeah he, he's not losing sleep on wins and losses that's a I, good I feel way to like, put it like joe and 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 uh and pa have bought into the fact it, you know i i get that a lot with uh, alan horton too with the timberwolves broadcast yeah i don't listen to i don't watch a lot of uh timberwolves basketball but i do enjoy the way uh alan calls the game same thing with 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 the, with the dude on uh with the twins broadcast you can mm-hmm. tell that there's a buy-in factor with, with these guys when they call yeah. those games. Grimm, too, is another one. I, I, yeah. I'm very close with Mike Grimm. But tell me he's not a homer to a, to a big yeah, effect goodness. when you talk about go for football or go for basketball. And I, I love that in those guys. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. Provis I, for the Twins. Is Provis. Really that, I couldn't come up with his name off time. No, but I, I think he's fantastic, without yeah. a doubt. We, uh, I, I, I say it all the time. The Minnesota like sports as a whole are cursed. But the like reverse part of the curse is that we've been very blessed with really, really good broadcasters and uh, really good reporters, too. Yep. Totally agree. Even Mike Russo. You know, I mean, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I got to take my Russo shot. Oh, there yeah. you go. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Uh, you take shots. I mean, you take shots at everybody. There's nobody yeah. that's safe. Like, Well, I, I take my share of shots, but I also receive my share of shots. Oh, yeah. So I'm basically a, a, a deflection board. I know yep. it's coming, so I just I like to fire the first shot. Uh, sure. No one's in, immune to taking rips at me, but I I uh, most of mine are, are in good nature. I don't think I, I I go after anyone and they feel like their feelings are hurt. Yeah, uh, I don't so think it's anybody's all, thinking that Faunus is a bully. No, I hope not. It's all in good fun, and most of it's uh, tongue in cheek. Not all of it, but most yeah. of it is. So, <laughs> and it, that I don't care if it's Lapanta, if it's uh, Russo, if it's. Uh, whoever it's all in good fun we're just having a good time and it's it's sports it's not that serious so yeah right have a good time with it have you ever uh have you ever had a chance to like chirp like uh like craig leopold are you kidding me no <laughs> you ever chirped your boss absolutely not i chirp no. my boss all the time but no. we have a very different relationship you know uh back in the day when uh jacques was the coach or yeah. uh you know some of these other uh, bruce for example yeah, bruce really good natured fun guys um i guess i would uh, i i would look for my opportunities i wouldn't sure. go overboard you know i have a there's huge a line amount. jacques for example i have a huge amount of respect for i mean and I've said this many times, my Mount Rushmore of Minnesota wild hockey, going back to the year 2000, his face is number one on that list. There, there's <laughs> him, Bob Nagley. I'd put uh, Todd Lywicki on there as well. And I'd have to find a fourth name, probably Gabor Gaborik as, uh, as Jacques would call him. That's probably my <laughs> four headed face, you know, uh, through 20 years of wild hockey, uh, for the Mount Rushmore of Minnesota wild. But, uh, I'd take a couple of shots at him, but it certainly sure. Kurtz and Reed. I can take shots at them all the time, but yeah. trust me, I take my share of abuse as well from everybody. Not only. Oh that. yeah. No, it's, it's uh, it seems like you can't go more than like six hours without LaPanta <laughs> uh, tweeting out something about how he's, he's having an event and everybody's invited except for Kevin Valnes. Yeah. You know, I mean, what a Richard, honestly, uh, a lot of the times <laughs> I've got to mute someone like Anthony LaPanta because if I don't, 
my my radar is constantly wanting to mock him and and, and give him crap, <laughs> and I'm sure he gets sick of it. So at, at some point, I got to mute him just because I can't take another picture of him with his Kowalski steaks and his grill and his feeding an army of 58. Yeah. I'm going to mock it. And I'm sure he's sick of it, but every once in a while, I do it. And and the, he's the one that put out the picture of his grill getting torn apart, and yeah. I send that out because. It's funny. It's it's it ironic funny. and it's karma. <laughs> and it's one of those things too, where like that that goes back to like the fun natured side of it. Like I'm still not a hundred percent sure if like that's like playful ribbing or like he actually gets upset. I, no, I'm still not hundred percent. I think sure. it's playful ribbing. I just I don't think it's playful or uh, false. I, I don't think I'll ever be invited to his house for dinner. And <laughs> everybody else has. You name the person out yeah. there. You guys will probably get an invite to Anthony LaPanza Manor before I will. And that, that's actually, fine. Actually, we we actually uh, I, he he suggested that it would probably come in, like it would be one of the things that come. Like we had the uh, Soda Stream um, to raise money for charity, and we had him on. And like what we have him on to uh, for this like broadcast, and he he comes on and he's in like he's in like a work shirt, and he is like building a deck for Chad Graff. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, he's doing like yard work and stuff. And, and he like he go and then he like kids. puts in his AirPods and he steps yeah. away. He goes, guys, I gotta go do this charity broadcast. Yeah. And he's like, hey, what's up, fellas? And then at the end of it, he was like, hey, this is a lot of fun. You guys should come over. And we're like, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Let me guess. So he's doing it, and the grill's probably going in the background. He's dripping sweat. He's got his little T-shirt on it. Oh, uh, Chad, just a second. I have to talk to these guys. Uh, you flip over those stakes for me, will you? And uh, <laughs> let me tell you about uh, Anthony and how great Anthony is. And, and again, I'm just giving you crap. But Anthony yeah. is an awesome human being. I think he does a wonderful job. I'll put that little asterisk in there. Oh, I'm going to edit that out. You know that, right? <laughs> That's fine. Go ahead. Oh, man. I, no. I kind of want to circle back, though. We were talking about coaches a little bit. Uh, I want to know, do we need to get – uh, Dean Evison, like a mannequin or something to just beat up when we score late game goals. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm worried for our coaches. Is Darby like, yeah, Darby's Darby's gonna gonna come okay home with a black eye. Yeah. It feels it like hilarious. over the course of time since Dean Evison has been head coach for this team, it feels like his targets are always either Darby Henderson or Tony DaCosta. Yeah. And it's, oh, it's yep. sometimes it's a, a real vicious high five where you feel like he's going to break their hand or he gives them a bear hug or practically, you know, I mean, Dean Evison is a fit young man. And when he bear hugs you or he tries to throw you to the ground or uh, what, what show is it where they, I think it was a uh, Jersey shore where they just hit each other and or Seinfeld, yeah, I think it was, the, smash him in the chest and they get out. That's kind of what he does when he, when he celebrates a victory. Uh, yeah. He's got a lot of power, and I, I'd be afraid for anybody that gets in his path for sure. Because I mean, uh, he, cause he can celebrate exuberantly. Yeah. yeah, he punched Darby. I mean, yeah. he, he was wound up and Superman punched him. Took yeah. notes from Moose. Let me tell you something, and I know I just said Dean Evison is is ripped. So too is Darby Hendrickson. Oh yeah, and I hope that he, Darby <laughs> Darby takes a win in stride, and he's he's having a good time. You cross him, that's going to be a guy you don't want to bite off more than you can chew because mm-hmm. Darby might be one of the most fit athletic specimens in the history of wild hockey then and now. Yeah. No, I, I yeah, he, he, he looks like he could still play, honestly. Oh, yeah. Well, Dean, yeah. too. I mean, Dean, yeah. both of them are just super fit. You're just like, yeah. well, you look at all these other coaches around the league and, you know, Bruce. some of them are a little bigger. Bruce. <laughs> look, I didn't want to say it. 
You can tell Bruce still has those silky hands, though. <laughs> I don't know about that. He might, but <laughs> uh, just a wonderful personality, though. I, they don't come any better. Than, for me, working with uh, Bruce Boudreau was a throwback to Jacques Lemaire. Jacques was one of those guys that was perfect for an expansion franchise yeah. coming into the league in the year 2000 and, and, and spending the first nine years in Minnesota. Uh, you know, you would have walked into that that situation really uh, almost on eggshells because he's a, a Hall of Famer. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Uh, not just in theory, but in reality and theory. He was that good on the ice, stoic, former Montreal Canadian, played with Guy mm-hmm. Lafleur and Ken Dryden and, and all these names, but just a spectacular personality off the ice. And he's the kind of guy that would sit there and talk hockey with you after a morning skate for an hour if you let him or if you wanted him. Uh, yeah. Bruce was kind of a throwback to that, whereas Mike Yo was kind of X's and O's, in, out, and go. Todd Richards, same thing, in, out, in, and, and done. Um, Bruce Boudreau and Jacques Lemaire were kind of those guys where you could bend their ear for an hour, and they would have everybody you know, on the edge of their seat listening to their stories because uh, they'd seen it all, and that's why it was so cool, uh, both of them. Uh, Bruce did, reminded me of Jacques in that way. Yeah. I, I want to ask you a quick question. I wasn't planning on asking this, but uh, I've I've always wanted to know the answer to this, and you just made me think of it. Um, is Mike Yo a robot? No, he's not. He, he's a very good personality, and I, I think you you get to see it a lot of times when the cameras are up. I think Dean's a lot like that too. I don't know what your perception of Dean Evison is, but you know when you've got a microphone in front of him, he's I don't want to say cliche, but can be. Yeah, a little sure. bit buttoned up, but you get the uh, microphone away from him and behind the curtain, like inside that wild locker room, phenomenal personality, wonderful sense of humor. But I don't think you get to see that certainly in the post game, uh, you know, when he's, you know, in front of Russo's firing squad and, and, and standing <laughs> in front of a podium, you get him in, around the guys. He's one of the guys. Uh, Yo's kind of like that too. I, I you know, Mike Yo is a little more buttoned up and a little bit more reserved than a Jacques Lemaire, than a, uh, a Bruce Boudreau, even a Dean Evison when he's away from the microphone. But I, I, he's not a robot. Mike Yo is a, a good dude with a great personality, uh, just chooses a, a little bit more uh, selectively when he when he shows it off. Yeah, I should clarify. I don't dislike Mike Yo or have like I don't mean that in a negative way. I just like like with Dean, like yeah, the, I agree that the uh, the post games are are pretty. You know, uh, they can be copy paste at times. Yeah, uh, and that's fine. That you know, it's a perfectly acceptable way to just get through it. There's 82 games, and you're not going to want to talk to Russo for 82 nights. <laughs> I get it. Um, yeah, me too. But with <laughs> but with 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 Yo, I never. I I feel like I never saw the you know, wind up to cold cock Darby Hendrickson in the tit. And <laughs> yeah, not his favorite word either. Uh, <laughs> or maybe it is. No, I mean, he's got a personality and all these guys do. He's just a yeah. little bit more buttoned up, a little bit more reserved. I, I saw the other side of Mike Yo occasionally. I think I see it more little flashes of that from a Dean Evison in the here and now. Yeah. Uh, but he too can be reserved, you know, when, when, when he's not comfortable, uh, you, you'll get the, the reserved answers. And I, I think a lot of people are like that. And you, you yeah, see that's that with, with the team as well. Uh, Marcus Foligno, not like that. Very yeah. much open, just very flamboyant with his answers. But like a Jules Eric Snack, a Jonas Brodin used to be like that. 
Uh, yeah. Very reserved when he got in front of a microphone. Uh, he's really loosened up. You think about that kid that came on the scene in 2011 and way he is now. He, Jared Spurgeon when he was a rookie, how how reserved he was compared to now, uh, night and day. So it, it happens. It, it's part of the evolution. And yeah. I'm sure Mike Yo today is a little different than the guy that was behind the wild bench as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I think like Brooding's a perfect example because – you know, he, I, I, I've watched this team, you know, for t- 21 years and I, you know, Brodeen's been with the team for what, eight years now, seven years, something like that. 2011 and, he was drafted. Yeah. But like, he's been like up with the squad, I think since like 12, 13. Yep. Um, and you know, I, you, you probably heard him say 20 words between 2012 and 2020. And then yeah. he, and then in, uh, you know, last year he drops that F bomb with Gorg and, uh, <laughs> just to, uh, just Oops, to show sorry. you the, the passage of time and the growth there. Yeah. You know what? I think a lot of what, uh, brought it out of Jonas Brodeen, first of all, he's a hell of a hockey player. Uh, yeah. There's not many guys oh, in so the good. NHL, let alone the Minnesota wild that can skate like him, but I think his friendship and his relationship with Matt Dumba has pulled that out of him a, a little bit as well. It, it would be phenomenal to be a fly on the wall to see these two interact off the ice when they're away from the arena yeah. and doing their thing as, you know, just two young men in, in this world, you know, just kind of cutting each other up. Um, I, I think Dumba brings a lot of that out of Jonas Brodeen and has made him a little bit more, I keep using the word flamboyant. I don't think that's the right <laughs> word, but he's a little more uh, vociferous compared to where Ooh, he was one. certainly back in 2011. I, I remember, maybe I'm thinking of Veyu. Veyu's another one who used to stare at the microphone when you were talking to him when he first <laughs> broke into the league. And then he became the grizzled veteran as he went along. And, and now, you know, he's a go-to quote machine. Um, Brodeen's kind of like that as well. I don't think he was that nervous at the beginning. Certainly, you know, English isn't their first language. And I think th- that, you know, plays into the, the yeah. nerves factor. But as they become more comfortable, uh, they become more and more, uh, you know, willing to, to use their voice to express what's going on with the team. And Brodeen's been great. He's, I love listening to that guy talk these days. It's kind of a similar situation to Caprizov and Zuccarillo, really. Zuccarillo kind of making Caprizov feel a little yep. com- more comfortable. And yep. He's Capri- coming out of his shell more and more. He's going to get there. He's going to get there. Um, and, again, this is a kid that I guarantee knew maybe four words of the English language uh, 24 months ago. Um, right. I'm sure quarantine probably helped him and, and, and the offseason in, in figuring out his way. But – He's a lot more comfortable with the English language than I think uh, than he lets on to. I don't have, you know, it, it's strange. We went through the whole year last year. I never met Nick Benino, never met Ian Cole, just because of the way it was. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov, I've had maybe three direct interactions with him in his time since joining the Wild in 2015. It's just, this is a weird world we live in. I can't wait till we're through with this and we can get back to life as we, we once knew it. I, yeah. I assume that's coming sometime soon. But from all indications, uh, the personality on, on Kaprizov is outstanding. I can't wait to experience in that firsthand. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I mean, and you're not the first person to say that uh, he seems to be more comfortable with the English language than he lets on. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess... You, when one or two people are saying it's like yeah sure but when i don't know you're probably the fifth or sixth person just on this podcast it's been like yeah no like i think he actually knows more than he's letting on because he's got like uh like aaron lowry was uh, would always tell us like she'll ask him to do something and he'll do it and he'll add like a little bit of flair and, sh- and she's like oh he knows what to do he just chooses <laughs> yeah. to 
pretend like he doesn't. Yeah. Well, she's in the inner circle. I'm on the outer circle, the media dirt bags. I'm lumped in with that group, but she's on the inner in, in the inner circle in the traveling party and, and on the road with these guys. So she would know firsthand. I mean, she, she sees the stuff that happens in the locker room, the post game celebrations that they put on wild.com and yeah. she's doing an outstanding job. All those guys are the, the inner stuff that they get to, to show and, and get to experience themselves. 100% agree. That whole team. Um, I mean, we've been really, really blessed too, just to have, have them around because they are great. They rule. Yeah. Especially you see like, it sounds super lame to say it, but like you see like the Vegas Twitter account and they're uh, just like, say the same thing. Oh, we, we lost. Jesus. Please send us pictures of your dog. We're so sad. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like doggo <laughs> pics with a smiley or like one of those sad faces. You're like, Dude, yeah. yeah, this is a, like, this is a grown ass men's hockey team. What do you think? <laughs> in Las over? Vegas. Yeah. In Las Vegas. Like yeah. you're trying to act like childish and, you know, immature and stuff. It's like, come on, you're in Vegas. Harden up a little bit. I've, yeah, I've, 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 I, I could kind, I could maybe understand that like weirdness if it was in like a market that made sense. But like if it was in like I don't if I don't know San Francisco, <laughs> um, maybe or like uh, the Florida teams. Yeah, or like yeah, one of the Florida teams would be yeah. If there was like a team in yeah, like Miami, that would kind of no. Miami's too clubby. Maybe like yeah, Tampa maybe. But no, instead it's like the it's. Sin City, and they're like talking about we're sad, sad dog pics. I've and never those Florida seen. teams. Those Florida teams are something else this year. They are. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, you know let's what? Talk a little hockey. The, yeah, the, I was say, let's the Florida teams have become what the California teams once were. I mean, California exactly. teams. They're tr- they're going back up. Their tr- their trajectory is. It looks like it's in a good direction. Anaheim's been ridiculous better, yeah. this year, and. Compa- compared to how crap those teams were last year when we had to see them every single oh night. God, yeah. San Jose, LA, Anaheim, San Jose, LA, Anaheim. Bad hockey. They've gotten better, but those two teams in uh, Florida all of a sudden are the real deal. Holy yeah, smokes, good. was Florida really good. Wow. Florida's good. The they're, Panthers, yeah, they're I mean, very good. I, I, don't, I don't get like this a lot watching – Eastern Conference teams. When I, I was texting Devin, I was like, I do not like these guys. Like, they're no. so good. They are just so good. And I, I, part of it was uh, Uyghur kind of going after Dumba and acting all tough with Dumba. It's like, okay. Just stop. Uh, I'll tell you Come what. On. I mean, it, it stinks to see how good they've become, but you feel real good for Andrew Burnett. He took yeah. a, a really crappy situation, and he's going to make the best of it. A guy that is, you know, revered around the NHL. One of the all-star personalities in the history of hockey and one of the best laughs to go with it uh he <laughs> fell in a, a crappy situation that he's going to make the most of but holy smokes did he land a wonderful hockey team there 10 and 0 on home ice they're unbelievable and as much as they were ballyhooed going into that that uh matchup against the wild they lived up to expectations oh, for and sure. then some holy moly are they good yeah i mean just from uh, Every time the Wild would score another goal, you'd go right back in this game. Let's go. Okay, we're going to get the equalizer. We're going to win. And then they'd score one to make it a two-goal yeah. game. And you're like, Jesus. Yeah. Okay, let's go back on the horse. Let's go again. And then they just kept doing it the whole game, literally yep. till the end. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and then to go with it, I mean, the Wild saw Bavrovsky, but that Spencer Knight's no joke yep. either. So, yep. I mean, to have that goaltending tandem there, the defensive core that they have to work with, and then the offensive po- firepower to boot, I mean – 
I know that there was a lot of talk about how good Florida was going to be this year. And I don't pay attention to the Eastern Conference. And last year, I didn't care about them because all we had to deal with right. were the crappy teams out West. But holy moly, I mean, everything I've heard about them is real. And I, I can't imagine that they're not the odds-on favorite, especially to come out of the East. Yeah, yeah. they're really yeah. good. Um, according to moneypuck.com, just pulled it up, uh, as of the end of yesterday's game, so not counting today, uh, they are second most likely to win the cup at uh, 10.9%. Well, you know what? Hey, throw on top of that the fact that the Wild saw a really good team without Barkov. He didn't play yeah. the game. Yeah. Their best yeah. bleeping They're player. their best player. Yeah. And so as good as they were on that night, that was without Barkov. So you throw in Barkov and, uh, I mean, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Actually, I totally did. I did it on purpose. But whatever <laughs> I do say, I, I totally buy into it because I don't spend a lot of time thinking about the Eastern Conference, but I bought into the Florida Panthers hype as of right now. Yeah, I mean, with with uh, the New York Islanders looking like they do, I don't I don't know what's happening over there. They don't look like the favorite out of the East anymore like everyone thought they might have been coming into the season. And what have they lost six in a row now? Yeah. Personally, I don't think getting Zach Preezy on on your back end. I love Zach Preezy. I really do. But I, I don't know what adding him does to your team to make it go to that next level. You watched him with the Wild forever here. Not that yeah. he was the reason we weren't going anywhere, but, I mean, definitely wasn't helping us get to the next level. So I, I, I mean, get the feeling the Preezy addition in, on Long Island or Brooklyn, wherever they're playing, is more of a Lou Lamarillo thing. More than mm-hmm. that's the secret ingredient to get them the cup. I think that's more of a Lou Lamarillo loves Zach Parisi and He's wanted to, has wanted to have that that piece in his back pocket for a couple of years. Finally landed yeah. him, and maybe it happens to be a couple months, maybe slash year too late. Yeah. But I don't think that they went into that thinking Parisi's the uh, the magic no, I, I solution. But, but I think Parisi helped him last year. I mean, watching Parisi in the playoffs, I really do think he helps them last year. Well, and they wanted him last year, and unfortunately for them, it didn't work out. But Yeah, it's just a weird – I don't know how much better the Islanders got. You know, it's funny, though. Canes at the beginning of the season, and they look like they're electric. So, I mean, I I don't know. It's so random, this sport we love. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the key to it. There there is so much randomness to it. I I love to see the Islanders – when, when they were in town, not only the Parisi factor, but there's mm-hmm. so many Minnesota kids on yep. that roster. And it's awesome to see, you know, so many of them, you know, flourishing. Anders Lee is ridiculous. I think he was He's injured so in the game that, that the Wild played, but oh, did yeah, he play no. in that one? Yeah. No, uh, he, I don't think he did. Who scored twice? It was a Minnesota kid scored twice. I can't remember. But, I mean, Anders Lee, even – even I know – I know Cal Clutterbuck's not a Minnesota kid, but he's got right. Minnesota ties, having played with the Wild. Basically, a Minnesota kid at this to point. To think yeah. that he's still going strong and playing on one of the top four, one of the top fourth lines in the in the uh, league right now, and he's still going strong, considering mm-hmm. the way he used to play when he was here, just a wrecking ball throwing yeah. his body around. That he's still going in the league at this pace. So I, I love watching those uh, Minnesota oh, kids traded, uh, thrive. We traded him for Nino. Yeah, <laughs> that's I mean, right. That, was that long ago. Yeah, thanks to Cal Clutterbuck, we have Victor Rask on our team. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Zooch, by the way, you were right. It was Anders Lee with two goals. Yeah, I thought he put okay. two against us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lee from Barzal twice. Yeah, um, they need to free Barzal. If they're not doing anything, they need to free that guy. Barzal's a hell of a player, too, though. Wow. Yeah. Hell of a player. So, looking forward to kind of the rest of the wild season following this, like, what do you. We we've talked about it a couple times on this podcast, and and it's it, we're certainly not the only ones. Um, you know, I don't know if the 
the comeback down a goal, you know, three times a game, every game is sustainable long-term um, in the sense that like, you know, they showed the stat on Sunday uh, that the wild are have the second most wins in the league for, for come from behind wins. And, you know, it was, I think it was, yeah, it was five, five wins out of, out of 12 or 11 or however, you know, whatever the number is. And I mean, yeah, half your, half your games that you're winning are, are come from behind wins. I, I don't know if that's sustainable for the full year, but do you think, you know, kind of being a little bit closer, I know you're on the outer circle, but we're on the outer, outer circle. <laughs> do you think that that's a sign though, like that, 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 that the team is just not going to quit and that's going to be fine or they're going to figure it out? Both. I, I don't know why you can't say both. I, I think right now they're feeding off that. I, I don't know the belief that they built upon um, amongst themselves that they're never out of a hockey game. And when you're down four two in Tampa Bay uh, with three minutes left to go in regulation and you still figure out a way to do it or yeah. what they did against Pittsburgh or in the yeah. home opener against the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, we're a quarter of the way into the season, and they've done this time and time again. We've done it three times. Yeah, right. I, it's not – to me, it's not a fluke. It would have been four games if Florida doesn't put that empty netter in. I mean, yeah. they really would have – They really would have. Hey, done you it. know what, though? It wouldn't have been a third game if uh, Palat doesn't hit the left post. Oh, my he God. He had an empty yeah, netter buried, right. and, he, and he clanged that left post Dude, before Jules Eriksson. So. If, until, until teams figure out how to stop the Wild six on five, I mean, they just yeah. – it's insane. They get the sixth well, guy out there, and it's it's insane. Yeah, they just move they the got, puck so well. They got the confidence now. They know, and they're playing <laughs> like it. So yeah, this is and that's the thing too. Is like I, I you know we've wa- we've all watched this team for twenty one years, and and I can't remember a time where like the team you know lets up a dumb goal or something bad happens, and the team is just kind of like okay, whatever, we'll get the next one. Yep. It feels like in years past, you know, that happens. Like you saw it with, in the Dumba era all the time. And I, I say that as a big, uh, or not, not Dumba, Dubnik. Uh, yeah. I say this as a big Doobie guy. Like, I really, really love Doobie. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, he would let in his, you know, it, it felt like he was good for one really stupid goal every other game. And it would happen. And then you would just see the team just, like, drop their shoulders and sigh and just be like, God damn it. Okay, here we go. And, like, now if that happens – you know, we've seen Cam let in some softies this year. We've seen Kakinen let in some softies. And it doesn't. I can't think of many uh, softies from Talbot. I was just going to say, uh, I mean, Talbot now is kind of like what Dubnik was when he first got here. He, okay, so he was incredible all of last year. And then he's been very good this year, if that makes sense. Yeah. He, uh, but can you, uh, on top down, of your head, can you come losing. up with one or two softies? I can't. Uh, the first one in the Winnipeg game, uh, where he 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 uh, it, I forget who actually scored it, but they uh, it was one that he probably should have had the rebound. He doesn't get the rebound, okay. then he catches the rebound, goes right over. It was the first, or it might have no, been the second I, goal in the Winnipeg no, game. To, to Kevin's point, though, I, I kind of I tend to agree. I don't think there's off the top of my head, I really can't come up with like any that stick out to me that's like, oh, he should have saved that. Sure. But there's a few that's like, okay, maybe he could have made the play on it. But yeah, I, I, I just think with him, how he plays when they get down is the biggest reason they're able to come back in games. He's just, he doesn't let in goals to make it two goal games. And Go back do, to the Winnipeg game yeah, and what he did right. in that. It, oh, in that overtime in particular, he oh, may have yeah, been pedestrian incredible. in letting in those five goals. 
Mm-hmm. But he was rock solid when he needed yep. to be the most. Hey, he uh, no, I yeah, I don't want anything there to come across as like a criticism or like a, I you know I don't believe in Talbot because I 100 percent do. He has proven time and time again that he is the exact goaltender that this team needs. Yep, he was a hell of a signing. Looking back at it, that was yeah. uh, we, we needed a goaltender to step in here for the foreseeable. You know, last year would have been three, three years. So I think he signed a three year deal. So you're yep. looking three year deal. You got Wallstead coming up. Uh, I mean, you got Cockinen. I mean, who knows, man? You got some really good goaltenders here. Yep, I agree completely. Yeah. Um, oh, so, speaking of prospects, actually. Yeah. How about Matt Boldney? <laughs> he steps right back in, dude. He he looks legit. I mean, he's gonna be. He's got to be up with the Wild soon here. He, I mean, he has to. that by him on the power play. You put, put him in Ovi's office. Look at him. I think it'd be awesome. Here. I, I can't wait to see Boldy, Rossi, Beckman, yeah. all the Addison oh yeah. in a wild uniform and a, on a full-time basis. I can just tell you Garen's philosophy, and I think it goes back to the Lou Lamarillo school of thought. You, there's no such thing as too much seasoning uh, in the American Hockey League and getting them ready for that next step. Boldy feels like he's ready, and if he oh doesn't God. fracture his ankle at the yeah. end of preseason – He's probably on the roster, and you don't have the Rem Pitlick experiment. That being said, I don't think he's in any hurry to get him up here, but to miss the entire season, step on, out on the ice and have a three-point night, including two goals in your season debut, and then to follow it up two nights later with your with your third goal in two games, I mean, the kid is legit. I can't yeah. wait to see him up here on a full-time basis. I'm not sure when it'll be, but, man, they for good reason, they're high on him. I uh, yeah, I can definitely them, understand. You could obviously that was the call the Cole Caulfield draft. So I mean, yeah. everyone wanted Cole Caulfield, but then you looked at Boldy and you're like, he's got the size. He looks like he can skate and yeah. the shot. Dude, I I just couldn't believe those one timers. He he stuck it. He put a stick in the rafters. He said, "Put the puck here, and I'm going to put it to the back of the net." And that's what he did. Yep. It, was, it was awesome to see. Yeah, not even and not Ross even just the fact that too. he's. Yeah, like not even the I fact mean, that just he's really, really good at shooting. He likes to shoot. Yeah. And Lord knows that we need that on this team. Yeah, well, and you mentioned Rossi. It sounds like I assume they did the same thing on Sunday. Uh, on Friday, his first game back, he was playing on a line with Rao and uh, Rossi. And and I know him and Rossi played a little bit during the uh, exhibition stuff and especially mm-hmm. during that uh, prospect camp against the Blackhawks. And they looked fantastic. I mean, and Rossi, we, you know, it's well documented what he's had to do to yeah. get back out on the ice. But the two of them show immediate chemistry. And there's, there's going to be a day in the not-too-distant future. Those two are going to be wearing a wild uniform for the big club, not the AHL club. And they're going to be lighting it up. I, I don't know when that's going to be. Yeah, you, know, be awesome. you look at the roster, the way it stands right now, and they have to figure out a way to get them, uh, the two of them on here. But at some point, it's going to happen. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I can't uh, when wait. you say that, you, you hear Boldy and Rossi. That sounds like a pretty good spot to throw Caprizov on a first line in the NHL. Oh, sounds like yours here. Sounds like cheap wine, Boldy and Rossi, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, a little <laughs> a bit. Cheap white wine. But their game is anything think, but cheap, that's for sure. No, I just yeah. think of those guys on the top line. You got a second. I mean, if, if Erickson X your second line center, this team is very set for Listen, the foreseeable future. Again, I've been here for for ten for twenty years. I, I I've seen the good and the bad of this wild team. There's been a long time here where the cupboard has been bare in Houston slash Iowa. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. no longer the case. You've got guys that were knocking on the NHL door coming out of camp this year yeah. there's it, it, there's years where rossi boldy 
Beckman, th- these names that we're talking about now, Dewar, that they could have been on the roster going into this season. They yeah. get an opportunity to go down there and grow and develop and, and get that, that AHL seasoning. And that's going to do nothing but help them in the long term for them personally, but also for this wild team. This is going to be great. I don't know. Again, you're going to go through an 82 game season and those doors are going to get knocked on. And when they come up here, they're going to be ready. But even if that's a week from now, a month from now, or a year from now, uh, the future is bright for Minnesota because of that. Yeah, I mean, you got a playoff team. You got a playoff team up here already without any of those guys up on mm-hmm. this team. So imagine just adding to it. You're just going to keep adding talent, and the team's just going to keep getting better. Well, and again, you know, because because of the parameters that you're up against in the years to come, you need these guys to step exactly. into the fold. And I think that's why Bill Guerin felt like he could rip that Band-Aid off is because he has the guys, not only Rossi and Boldy, but now you, have, you see Beckman stepping in the fold and Doer yeah. and, and, and these other names, Duhame, uh that came out of nowhere. No one expected Duhame to make this roster, and boy, does he look like he fits in. He, fit, oh, he, fits he, in. he looks he looks so ready. How much were you talking about Duhame four months ago, though? Right? No, not, not, right? No, me, me either. Me either. When you talk about it, was all about Rossi. It was all mm-hmm. about uh, uh, Boldy. And then this kid Beckman throws about 18 goals on in the preseason. You start talking about him and then, but Duhame came out of nowhere and he looks like he fits. He's the perfect guy for a third line, fourth line role, bottom six role here in Minnesota. And it's been, it's been great. And that's just the tip of the iceberg of some of the young talent that's coming here with the wild. Just a big body. He parks himself in front of the net. He like yesterday when he's, he's got speed, he's got a shot and he's got that edge. He, he, you're not going to push him around. You're not going to intimidate him. Uh, he's got that big body, like you say, that can can run with the big boys, and that's why he plays so well in that bottom six role here with, with the Wild. Well, he's dropped the gloves quite a few times. He, yeah, I was going to say, he, too. he also has just a penchant for just these, like, hilarious moments. Um, like, everybody remembers the, you know, he trips over a puck on his <laughs> yeah. rookie lap. Oh, it's mentioned, uh, it was mentioned on Tampa's broadcast his, yesterday. His, I, I yeah. like, really? his first goal gets yeah. called back. Uh, on kind of a dumb, uh, like a, I think it was an offsides call, maybe. No, um, he, he pushed and then his the, actual, yeah, yeah, and then his actual first goal, like ricochets off of his puck, <laughs> yeah. stick that's on the ground. Yeah. He has all these like just stupid moments <laughs> in the best way, and you're like, okay, I I love this guy. Which game was it? It feels like it was this weekend, but it might have been a little bit further than that. Where he the game was in hand, or or it was late in in the latter stages. He drops the gloves off the faceoff off the right wing in the mm. offense. Oh, that zone. was against uh, Fasco. And the guy just looks at him. He says, yep. "No, we're not going to." And he ended up getting the penalty. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, Fasca in Dallas. <laughs> yeah, you're right, Foxa. Foxa. Yeah. It, 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 it's. I think Felino after that went over to him. He's like, "Hey, you're supposed to like make sure this guy's going to drop the gloves too." You got. <laughs> That's you such a Duhay sure moment, though. It was awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. right to your point. Yeah, yeah. Just no, exactly. He, it feels like he's good for one of those a night, and it's just yeah. tremendous. Felino had um, a great moment, too, against the Sharks when uh, that guy was hounding Dumba, skating up the ice. Oh uh, God, when yeah. I was watching the game, Middleton. he's getting hounded. Yeah. He's getting hounded, and all of a sudden, Felino just appeared like Batman on the street. Not Dumba. I'm your guy. I'm yeah, your Huckleberry. Like, no. Let's roll. He said, he said, no, let's go. And that was and a Dumba's good looking too. At him like, He's like, dude, I'm going to fight you. Come on, man. I got Felino right here. He's skating yeah. up to you. He's like, there you go. Yeah. Uh, I just, I truly love this team. This is going to be a very fun, yeah, fun year. I, yeah. Um, 
Falness, we are uh, we're all out of time on our end. So I uh, want to thank you very much for your time. Before we let you go, we're going to end this uh, end this bit the same way that we end every uh, every guest by asking you, Kevin Falness, what is your wild take? My wild take is that at some point in the next 365 days, I'm coming to Lapanta's house for steaks. Oh yeah, <laughs> let's go, baby. <laughs> Probably not, but it would be a wild take. That would be a wild take. Call your shot, man. Let's do it. <laughs> hey, if if the invite comes, I won't say no. We'll be the we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll figure out a way. Uh, when when the ten k when all the ten k group goes, you'll be our plus one. You know what? I've tried that with Gorg. I've tried it with Rubio. <laughs> I've tried it with everyone under the sun. No one has been able to make that happen. So if I can be the ten k plus one, I'm in. <laughs> we'll disguise you as a member of 10k we'll just throw it a won't shirt work. on you it that's won't awesome <laughs> oh man well uh thank you so much fallness we uh we really appreciate uh your time you've been very generous with it and um and it's been great having you great to uh, have you on we'll have to have you back man i look forward to it again in the very near future and don't forget more me hashtag mute tv <laughs> amen brother cheers see you boys see ya All right, big thanks to our guy Kevin Faldis. Um, seriously, super fun having him on. We, uh, we, I mean, we just shot the shit with him for like thirty minutes before we were recording. Um, absolutely love that guy. Just tremendous. Uh, it's great to great to have him on and around yeah. and, and be a part of this stuff. Um, it's good having him on a podcast where the host isn't eating a chicken sandwich out of his pocket. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, it's always it's always a good time when uh, when you don't have to worry about uh, where your next meal is coming from while you're interviewing somebody. Um, so yeah, might have been a pants leg pocket too, just to add a little. Yeah, bit just like out of the back cheek. Um, all right. Well, uh, before we get out of here, Zooch, uh, cause I know you've got to get back to your home and, and I've got to yes. start, uh, I got to start getting ready as well. Uh, let's, uh, let's do, let's get the people what they want. Give them, uh, give them your wild takes. Zooch, what, uh, what is your wild take this week? All right. So last week we talked a little bit about the Vikings and I gave a very wild take on how they beat the Packers by 10 plus points. Didn't happen. It was a little uh, bit more nerve wracking than that. <laughs> Actually, almost happened, but the Vikings, of course, they have to make things much more difficult than it, you know, happens. Got to make it interesting. This week, we're going to the other side of Minnesota sports, and that's the Minnesota Timberwolves. Not getting the love I think they should be getting. They had a rough stretch here, but they're playing good basketball. This is a this is a young team. They're learning. They're playing together. They're learning how to win games. They just beat Memphis by 40 points the other night. Memphis is a team that's going to be in the playoffs in the Western Conference. This isn't a bad this isn't a bad basketball team. So my wild take is the Minnesota Timberwolves not only make the play-in tournament this year, I think they are a top eight team in the West, oh, and shit. they make the playoffs this year. I, I, wow. I just I've got a good feeling about these boys. You got Ant Edwards, the man's a dog. Cat can play. D'Lo, if he can figure out how to get his three ball rolling on a nightly basis, that's a dangerous player. And wait till Beasley figures out his three point shot. His team, much like the Wild, where they've kind of like everyone's saying Kaprizov's underperforming and Fiala's underperforming. The Wild have found ways to win games without their best players underperforming. The Wolves are just now figuring out how to do so. So I I, I view the Wolves as a playoff team. And come, uh, come next, what would it be? April, April, May? Yeah, April. Come next April, May, they'll be playing in the playoffs just like the Minnesota Wild will be. God, I hope you're right. I've been burned by this uh, Timberwolves organization too many yeah. times to uh, to really feel optimistic about them. Um, and even this year, you know, we start 
Yeah, we started off pretty okay, and then, yeah, and then we yeah. have and then we have just a just dreadful streak with some of the worst basketball yeah. I've ever seen. Uh, and then and now, now we're you know, seven and nine. Yeah, <laughs> so and here, yeah, like, here we are, okay. two games under five hundred with a pretty easy schedule the next week. Yep. Um, and that's where my wild take comes in. Uh, this Friday, Black Friday, the Timberwolves come to Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, to play the uh, the Hornets, and I predict that they win that game by twenty. That is that is my and, wild take. Uh, uh, I think Ant slams on Lamelo too. Just I would to show love him that. he was Rookie of the Year. That's a I, fucking that's, joke. I would that love he was that. Rookie of the Year. Yeah, we all. Yeah. Everybody knows my my long storied history with uh, my back and forth uh, love and hate and love and mostly love of uh, Anthony Edwards. Um, I'm very very excited to see him in person. So I'm going to do that, and uh, it it does break my heart a little bit that I get to I have to see Anthony Edwards before I see Kirill Kaprizov play in person. But uh, that's well, the rub. Let me ask you this, Dev. Is it kind of weird? You know how Jay Jets, in my opinion, Justin Jefferson, got absolutely hosed last year in Rookie of the Year voting, and I'm not going to fucking hear it from anybody, okay? No, Justin Herbert's a great player. He wasn't a top-five quarterback. Justin Jefferson was a top-five receiver last year, not just out of rookies, in the league. And guess what happened? Ball don't lie. When they played, Jay Jets balled out, and guess what Justin Herbert did? Took the L, didn't play that well. Hey. I rhymed a little bit there. I think <laughs> that's exactly what's going to happen with Ann Edwards. He's going to dominate, and he's going to show everybody that, hey, I was rookie of the year. I don't give a shit if he won it on the, you know, on paper yeah. and with, the, with the trophy. You're going you're gonna to give it to someone who played, what, half the season? Ant played every game last year, and he was, yeah. He was me just as good, if that. not better. That's it was crazy. incredible. Um, we should have had rookies of the years in almost every sport last year. Yeah, crazy. three out of four. Well, if Kirill stayed healthy, we might have had four out of four. With uh, who even Kirill knows? Yeah, but yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean that's going to do it for uh, for this week's episode of the Wild Takes Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, be sure to go check out 10ktakesmn.com for. Uh, actually, you can read a blog about the rookies of the year from last year, um, <laughs> and uh, you know college hockey previews. We've got Vikings recaps, Timberwolves stuff. It's anything, anything, everything. even remotely Minnesota related. It's there. You can't miss it. One of the best pieces that we uh, had published all, all last week was about uh, if Walmart is worth it or not. It, it sounds it sounds weird, but yeah, the uh, the sports blog in Minnesota did a uh, four thousand word article about uh, the in depth of in depth analysis of of Walmart yes. versus Target versus uh, I think it was Cub Foods. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Hey, my place of employment, Cub Foods. And I'll tell you but, what, we do over we do overcharge there. So if you're looking to go places, I probably won't come to Cub, but <laughs> <laughs> taking I mean, money hey, out of his own pocket. <laughs> hey man, hey, I'm a, I'm a realist. I tell people how it is. Man of the I people. Mean, I was surprised to see. Hey, like like he said, go read it because he really does. Veach, I believe Veach wrote it. It was he Veach. Did a good job. He he dug deep. He went in prices. He added, like, hey man, this is the blog to follow. 10K takes to the moon. We got everything you need. If it isn't sports, we got your, you know, breakdown of what, what's going to save you money on where you should shop. So. Yeah, it's it's truly like it was one of those things where like it, his whole thing could have been a tweet. And instead, he spent yep. like three and a half hours researching yep. uh, food prices. That's what we do here. We're here to bring you the best content. Uh, so give us a follow. Check us out anywhere. And uh, go ahead, like, and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, thank you very much for listening. We will be back next week. Um, with another very special guest. Very excited to uh, have you all be a part of this journey. Long live the piss missile. Let's go wild, baby.